Hey, everybody. Welcome to Social Beauty Makers, the podcast, where every Sunday and Wednesday, we'll bring you fast-paced, powerful 15-minute episodes meant to inform, educate, and inspire around a variety of topics, including trends in all things tech for the professional salon industry. I'm Gordon Miller, your podcast host. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started. So today, I'm doing part two of what was to be a two-part series, but I'm making it a three-part series on artificial intelligence, kind of a primer for the, for the professional salon industry. And um, yeah, I, th- I thought I could do it in two, but definitely going to need three. So um, here we go. First off, a, a quote and a little bit of a disclaimer, I guess. Um, probably heard this, seen this in the news, or at least seen references to it. And the quote is from some of the most preeminent experts in the world on this topic, hundreds of them, in fact. And um, they signed a, um, a statement um, and it says, quote, mitigating the risk of extinction from artificial intelligence should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war, unquote. So concern and, and many, many people have it. I have it. Um, I'm excited about its potential as a business tool for the professional beauty industry. Just as many years ago, I was one of the early excited, excited people about social media and its power for this industry. Um, and, and we can be excited about something as a business tool while being concerned about larger, different risks. Social media is such a great example. There were concerns in the beginning, not at this level, not the extinction of mankind, but you know, some serious concerns. And certainly today, we have some very serious concerns where we know that um, suicide rates are up, uh, depression, and a, a lot of psychological issues that research has shown are, are coming from the use of social media. Um, you know, old example is nuclear power. And, and certainly, you know, when it was developed, there was hope for it. It was then used as a horrific weapon. It, it still is in weapons around the world. Um, a big concern to, to many who study it, that it could lead to the extinction of, of mankind as we know it. And, and similar with this. So absolutely worries, absolutely uh, support contacting regulators, congresspeople, you know, encourage our politicians to take this seriously and, and kind of get regulatory arms around it. And um, yeah, we definitely um, should have concerns. Um, again, having said that, there's, there's others who say that everyday AI, the use of it, um, could become as common or, and, and necessary as electricity. That's how profound a technological evolution, revolution um, that it is bringing to us. So start off with that. Also, an, another kind of a quote, um, not sure who this was from either. Um, this one says, as AI becomes more ubiquitous, uh, meaning it's everywhere, it has the potential to fundamentally transform the way we live, work, and interact with the world around us, assuming it doesn't make us extinct first. And I'm going to assume that we're going to figure that out. Um, important to say. So as a business tool, I use it every single day, all day, mostly as a research assistant to me, but, but much, much other things. I use it for um, editing um, documents, um, helping me with, with English language, summarizing, shortening documents, helping write emails. It's, it's really pretty amazing in, in that particular lane. Um, and, and again, there's so many examples of it creating efficiencies in all kinds of, of areas of work. Different for everybody. It isn't necessarily going to create efficiencies at all in how someone technically does a haircut. Um, it might create some significant efficiencies in finding information that makes you a better hair cutter, um, as, as a simple example. And again, thinking about 
these tools, because there's a variety of, of ways that artificial intelligence has been infused into digital tools, into websites, um, into all kinds of things out there. The ideal is that we are thinking about the pain points that we have every day in the work we do. Where are we struggling? You know, what if we think is it, if we look backwards, you know, what what did automation do over time? You know, how how has it helped? How have apps transformed the professional beauty industry? Um, apps have empowered people to have independent careers. Um, that was a huge shift, and and arguably without apps, we would not have the independent movement that we have today. And that was solving a pain point that a person who went independent, and we've had independence around for over 100 years in the industry, they had to do their own accounting, had to do their own books, often didn't have access to the kind of tools that the traditional salon owners had who were using software uh, programs and, and systems. And, and um, again, apps changed the game and made a huge impact on the industry. AI, um, similarly, um, can be thought of um, as it relates to again solving pain points, and so uh, and and with that comes all kinds of opportunity. I want to talk a little bit about you know AI in everyday life because I think it it informs us in the work we do. And again, as you, if you listen to my last episode, and if if you haven't, I suggest you go back and check it out. It's only fifteen minutes, maybe sixteen, um, but you know again talking about the impact on the world um, and and our behavior as as human beings as consumers as just you know, everyday people. What are some of the examples of, of AI that we see around us today? Um, and I'm gonna back up into the middle of last year before we were talking about ChatGPT the way we are. Um, what was the AI around us then, perhaps unknowingly? Social media feeds is, is a great place to start because you know the world is obsessed with social media and in particular TikTok. But Algorithms being driven, created and driven by artificial intelligence infuse all of them, and particularly TikTok. Um, TikTok wouldn't be a thing for us today if it wasn't for those algorithms. Face recognition in our phones and in other things that we do, um, that it's being driven completely by AI. Voice assistants like Alexa, Series, and, and uh, hey, hey Google and others. Those, again, are AI series now, 11 years old. I think Alexa's seven. And again, they they were built upon artificial intelligence. And that goes back quite a few years. So it's, it's not new. Financial fraud and, and some of the things that happen in finance that impact us, um, again, very much algorithmically driven. Credit scores are the same thing. Language translations. I remember being in Japan a couple of years and I don't know how I would have got through it without some of the language translation uh, services in my phone. Artificial intelligence is what makes that work. Maps. I love maps in my iPhone. Um, they've gotten so sophisticated. I, I was in downtown Chicago last night uh, with a friend and we were trying to figure out where to eat and just blown away by how it just keeps getting better and better in, in serving up information. Um, Self-driving cars. I've talked to a couple people. Um, Daniel Mason Jones, um, a friend in the professional beauty industry, tells the story of, of getting into a driverless car. Um, and I, I think well over a year ago. And so they're not here in a big way, but they're being experimented upon. And everything I read says we'd, be, we'd have them already if we weren't fearful of them. And there is a lot of fear. Spell track, anybody use Grammarly? Um, again, coming from artificial intelligence as a, as, a, as a kind of a basis. Without it, it would not exist. Today, antivirus software, artificial intelligence is, is embedded in that. Web search of all kinds. You know, you've got various types of artificial intelligence. Um, and, and again, the, the large language models that we're talking about today, such as ChatGPT, have changed that game. But 
but AI was already in those search models. In fact, Google has spent gazillions of dollars on AI and actually kind of slowed down their research because they weren't they didn't have a big incentive um, to 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 roll it out farther because it was actually not necessarily going to be great for their business model in terms of profitability. Long term, perhaps yes, but short term, no. And then recommendations. I mean, we, we all love those um, when we're online and when we're shopping and you know you're. You're on Amazon. It gives you all kinds of recommendations, not just based on what you're doing in the moment, but based on the behavior that you've had on the platform since God only knows when. It's keeping track of those things and it's serving up new things. Um, Spotify recommendations. I love my Spotify. I, I use it every single day. And um, now I have DJX. Um, that's, at least that's what mine is called. I, he's probably called the same on all of them. But it's artificial intelligence that serves up music a little bit different than what was there in the past. I used to get my daily playlists that changed up every every day or so. And those were good, but this is way better, way, way better. So I'm, I'm loving um, AI in Spotify. So again, just some examples of everyday life, uh, the use of AI. And I think we have to remember as, as people in business is that this means that our customers, the consumers, people who visit salons, people who buy retail products in the salon or online, uh, people who book um, their services online, their perception of how life works when they engage with businesses is being impacted by AI. And it's only going to get more so. So the everyday experience, the the consumer behavior around artificial intelligence is just going to become more fired up. And we're going to have to be ready for that and react to that. Uh, Again, a really simple example is online booking. Um, our industry has been slow to come to the table for online booking. Last study I saw was about a year ago. We were just at about 50% of, of all in the industry were using online booking. That was shockingly low for me. I don't know how it compares to a lot of other industries. My guess is we're probably not that different than, than restaurants, for example. And, and I think the smaller the business, the less likely, um, with the exception of, in our industry of independents. I don't know any independents who are not using um, some sort of booking platform, a booking app. Um, but I, I sometimes find salons, you know, smaller salons, more traditional salons are, are not. And I think customers um, that I've talked to are, are excited about the opportunity to use a booking platform. And those platforms are just going to get more and more um, interesting. I'll, I'll use that word uh, for all of us in business and, and for those the consumers that use it um, as time goes by and as artificial intelligence kind of gets infused into them. Smart home technology. Let me, let me talk about that for a moment because we, we hear about it all the time. Many of us are using it um, and not realizing that AI is in it. I, I always use the Roomba as an example of something that's in our homes or many of our homes, not mine, but many of our homes. And um, it, it has artificial intelligence in it that allows it to do what it does. And that keeps getting upgraded to be more and more efficient. Not all uh, smart technology um, is infused with artificial intelligence. It is not. And so we have a lot of smart things in our homes today that uh, connect devices, um, that allow devices to do things they couldn't do 10 years ago, you know, that makes them more efficient, that makes them perhaps more um, environmentally friendly, all kinds of things. Um, helps us with security in our homes. But more and more, we're finding artificial intelligence is going to start seeping its way into that. And again, it impacts how we think about it you know, every day as, as consumers. So you know, really, really powerful stuff. Uh, personal assistance. Um, they are really beginning to, I think, be more and more important to people. I think we traditionally in the past thought of, you know, Siri and Alexa in that, that kind of idea, but those are more voice assistants. Uh, the personal assistants can do a lot more for people. And I think as we become, become more um, experienced with them, more and more people are going to use them, especially y- younger generations. 
artificial intelligence in e-commerce. It's it's all over the place. And I think all the major e-commerce platforms are taking advantage of of efficiencies, of of better customer service, better customer experiences that are being delivered by way of different forms of artificial intelligence. Again, if if, if you use Amazon as, as a great example, you know, I'm going to use myself. I, I bought myself a standing desk yesterday from Amazon and um, I was in a Staples. I saw it in real time, kind of a traditional customer experience these days. When the Staples was on sale, 25% off, I was like, ooh, this is a deal. I've, I've wanted to get a standing desk, get myself out of my, my desk chair that I'm in every day. And so um, I was like, yay, but I, I had to Google it. I had to see if there was a better price. Sorry, Staples. And I found the exact same thing on Amazon. And it was another 10, about a 10% even cheaper than the sale price. And when I was on Amazon, it, it gave me the opportunity to see this piece of furniture in my office space, literally the office space. And I popped it up when I was in Staples. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go home and check this out. So opened it up again when I was at home and it allowed this furniture to be seen you know, as it is, it felt extremely real in my office and helped me make that decision. Completely AI-based and again, a higher level of experience that um, I, I personally in, enjoyed very, very much. Um, voice is the next thing I want to mention. I'm a huge fan of voice. You may have heard me talk about it before. So many people who just, they're not, not good at the typing thing, don't want to do the typing thing on their phones or otherwise. And voice is becoming more and more um, advantageous to those folks. My mom's a, a good example. And, you know, voice technology, again, allows you to do text. It allows you to dictate documents. It allows you to um, have documents read to you have articles in, in, in digital publications read to you. I mean, voice and voice assistants are really beginning to change how we interact with businesses online. And in, uh, it, again, by way of search, uh, by way of how we consume the information, voice is, is at the beginning of, of where it's probably headed. And as it becomes more and more I'll go back to ubiquitous. We're not. We're a long ways from that yet. But as more and more people are using it, we probably are going to see a shift in user interfaces. Meaning that when we go to things online, natural language, voice um, is perhaps going to be emphasized over text and graphics. It, a lot depends on how many people are adopting it. I think again with younger generations, you know, coming up, I would not be surprised at all if we see you know a huge movement towards voice. And I know me personally, I, I never was one to use it very much, but I would say in the last couple of years, I have really started to use it a lot. And I think in the last 12 months or so, I've really, really doubled down on it and I'm finding it to be extremely easy to use, effective. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really loving it. Also, in, in, I mentioned earlier um, autonomous vehicles. Um, I'm listening to a podcast um, called Pivot. I love, love the Pivot podcast. Recommended highly, Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway. And they were talking about autonomous trucks and how autonomous driving, you know, in cars every day, again, there's a lot of fear around it, but trucks um, are more than likely coming rather quickly. And it's, it's a big industry. It's a dangerous industry. And they talked a lot about the statistics and, and how many people are harmed um, who are truck drivers. And, and so that was fascinating and, and how this could dramatically reduce those injuries. Um, last podcast, I mentioned um, Apple's Vision Pro. It's, it's, nobody can get it yet. It'll be first of the year. It's going to be mostly for the developers. So it's a little bit of ways for most of us consumers, extremely expensive, but again, early. And like most Apple products, the price is probably going to come down 
before it goes back up again, because that's what happens with Apple. And um, it'll be fascinating to see if they kind of break the code of these devices. Uh, others have tried. We've not seen wide adoption, but but um, again, it has AI. Uh, they don't use the word, by the way, in the press release. They talk about machine learning, which is a form of AI. I think they're trying to separate themselves from everybody else from a marketing perspective. So again, I find that interesting. And then um, search. This is a big one. Um, search is going to dramatically change because of artificial intelligence. And it's already beginning because we see that Bing, you know, has uh, ChatGPT infused search. Um, Google now has Bard. Um, They're both in the early stages. They're both really interesting and kind of change, you know, how we participate in search, how we use search, you know, how we experience search. And when you think about it, you know, Google's amazing, but it doesn't feel as amazing as it once did. It is... um, uh, advertising is how Google makes its money. So that, you know, the incentive for them to put more and more ads in front of us as we search um, is really high. And I think it's really ruined the experience in many ways. And we don't have the alternative. So you know, Google still feels kind of magical, or at least it did and, until AI-supported um, search started to be something we can play around with. And, and um, if it does what many think it's going to do, as we begin to use more and more um, artificial intelligence, you know, based or infused um, search, um, it's probably going to have a big impact on how websites are designed, um, how, of course, we think about websites as consumers and what we want from them. And it's, it's probably going to lead to massive change. Much of the web was designed around the idea of aggregation, meaning because that's what search is doing. That's what Google is doing. It's aggregating information around the topic and it's bringing up websites for you. And depending on how you go about your search, it may or may not be the the greatest results, similar um, in in how results appear with artificial intelligence. You know, you don't ask the right questions, you don't get the right answers. And, And often we don't realize our questions are wrong and we're disappointed with the answers. So, you know, really big and, and important idea that you know, garbage in, garbage out when it comes to information. But artificial intelligence could have a huge impact on the internet, um, how we um, want to consume content, and, and, ha- and how websites um, and all kinds of information, um, e- e-commerce sites, you know, all, everything's not about you know, traditional websites these days, but those things are probably going to change in a very significant way as search changes. So, you know, that's something really fascinating to, to, you know, stay tuned um, to, because again, how we kind of view content, um, how we engage with content. Um, and, and then, you know, probably the gold standard of, of the internet these days is commerce. You know, it's become such a big part of what we do when we're online. And so, AI has already had a huge impact on commerce, but it's only barely begun. So again, it's going to have a significant impact. And all these things, all this stuff I'm talking about is going to change how the people who come to your salon as customers, as clients, how they think about life, how they think about the businesses they engage with. Um, They're going to be expecting certain types of efficiencies, certain types of information um, that are supportive of the work that you're doing as a human being and as, as uh, the kind of tools around the edges of that relationship. You know, I want to go to the salon and have a great conversation with my hairdresser and, and do every time I go. But I also want efficiencies around the edges of that relationship, meaning I want to book my appointment in a really efficient way. I want to get perhaps product recommendations um, in a way that's efficient as well. And perhaps there's tools that's going to help with that. Perhaps it's going to take many hairdressers out of that equation, but yet 
artificial intelligence or some form of product recommendation could happen that the hairdresser still benefits from. Who knows where this is all going to take us, but it really is fascinating. And, and commerce is probably one of the more significant kind of web-based things um, that is going to shift and is going to definitely have an impact on how people think about how they engage with any kind of business, including service businesses. So um, yeah, so lots to um, think about. I'm going to stop there because I've used up my time. And I'm going to come back next time and talk about really um, work, big picture work, all industries and how work is going to be changing in, in the coming years. Um, some of the, the thought leaders kind of assessment of, of where we are headed with work and then what that might mean for the professional beauty industry, including some tools that are already available. And, and again, where we think those things might be evolving to. So um, I'm going to stop here. I want to say uh, thank you, as always, uh, for, to everybody for listening. If you like what you heard, I want to encourage you to go over to socialbeautymakers.com, sign up for my free e-newsletter for more content and early access to this podcast. On a, every time it comes out, you get it 24 hours in advance. If you like the podcast, I would appreciate very much a rating, review, um, subscribe if you really like it, really, really like it, <laughs> or best yet, if you really, really, really like it, <laughs> share it. With anybody and everybody, um, it all helps uh, others to find the podcast. And, and I appreciate that so much. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Gordon Miller. I can't wait to share more with you again next time.